Hi, I'm Tiffany, and you are listening to the Legacy Lounge Podcast. If you are a high-achieving, mission-driven entrepreneur who wants to elevate your income, impact, and influence, you're in the right place. I left my corporate career as a creative director for Fortune 500 brands to create a legacy with my work and to support entrepreneurs to do the same. And I'm not talking about having your name on a building or statues in your image. I'm talking about leaving behind a positive impact and creating something enduring that can be passed on. You pour your time, energy, and passion into your business. So let's make sure your efforts will create a ripple effect that reaches far into the future. Each monthly series will guide you through the business, leadership, and life skills you need to successfully leave a legacy that stands the test of time. And each episode is totally valuable on its own. We are here to provide you with the tools and ideas to make massive shifts and quantum leaps in your business, transforming you from entrepreneur into legacy brand. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. This month's legacy leader is Jessica Fernley. Jessica is a business coach who helps six-figure B2B consultant women get to seven figures on their terms by working less and earning more. She's received the honor of being one of LinkedIn's top voices and is the host of the Seven Figure Consultant Podcast. Now, the theme this month in the Legacy Lounge is all about slowing down to speed up. So I've asked Jessica to join us and talk about the importance of doing so while growing a business, not only from the perspective of being a seasoned business owner herself, but also being behind the scenes of working with inside so many businesses. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Tiffany. It's so exciting to be here. Amazing. So before we really dive in, I would love just so the audience gets to know you a little bit and hears um, your side and what you know, who you're serving, how you're serving in the community, a little bit more context of the work that you're doing in the world, because it is a little bit different. And I think people are really going to enjoy hearing the niche and all about who you're serving and how you're doing it. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so you can probably tell from my accent, I am based in the UK in a wonderful city called Sheffield, which is two hours north of London. Um, and I've had my own business now for eight years. And prior to that, my background was um, working um, for an education charity where we did a lot of project work and um, we did a lot of sort of business planning business development stuff that I absolutely love and from there I actually um, I, I had burnout quite badly actually probably more of a breakdown um, when I was 28 years old um, 12 years ago and I, I quit my corporate career at that point and I started working for a startup company instead and as I was doing that, like we were going through this process of, of building from six figures to seven figures. And it was such an exciting thing. And I absolutely loved it at the time, but it was also such a whirlwind. And we, we just did everything the hardest way possible. But it was really interesting because when I started my own coaching business after my first son was born, I was suddenly like, oh, marketing. Like we never really had to do that kind of in, in the startup. And it was a consultancy startup. We did occupational psychology and we were selling um, our services to like supermarkets, banks, airlines, um, big corporations with massive HR budgets who ran their own graduate schemes and were often looking for people to promote internally. You know, they were really looking for who, who was going to be the next generation of board level directors and senior leaders in their organizations. 
So it was a really interesting process of kind of suddenly getting into my own business and being like, oh, like everyone's talking about marketing. We never really used to do that. And I think gradually, piece by piece, I figured out in my coaching work, do you know what? I love working with entrepreneurs, but I really love working with consultants. Mm -hmm. And it's a really different model. It's a B2B model, not a B2C business to consumer, or I call it kind of B2E business to entrepreneur, um, because it's actually based on often face-to-face relationships. It's based on kind of having conversations, making connections, making introductions, um, rather than kind of the things that we typically hear about online, kind of the email marketing, the like Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff. Um, So it's been a really interesting um, eight years in my business. Um, I've rebranded my company. It's called Seven Figure Consultant. And a lot of the stuff that I do online is under the Seven Figure Consultant banner. So um, it's, it's really all about kind of helping women to create wealth and opportunities for themselves and the people around them. And what we're seeing more and more, it's, it's super exciting, actually, because it's becoming this ecosystem mm-hmm. of women, employing women, creating opportunities, not just for themselves, but for the women around them. And it creates this amazing ripple effect. So I love the work that I do. Um, yeah, thank you for having me here to talk about it. Yeah, and thank you for that backstory because I wasn't fully aware of, of the whole story either. And I love how you kind of took what you learned in corporate, similar to what I did, and morphed it into your own business, and then the niche that you're doing. So I'm sure there's a lot of women listening to this, and some who maybe are consultants that really are going to love listening to you, and also some of us who don't love the marketing aspect. I would also challenge you all to listen in because oftentimes there's a space that we don't even think of in consulting with corporations. And um, I think there's, it's like, a, like you said, a superpower niche, and especially with like the great resignation and everything that's happening within mm-hmm. companies, a lot of times they don't have people in house. So we can dive more into that, but it just gets me so excited to think about it. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, the first thing that I wanted to dive in specifically around this is, you know, when we talk about slowing down to speed up and this, you and I have had, um, we haven't known each other long, but we've already talked about a personal connection. And I also went through burnout. And I think, unfortunately, that's super common as well for people in corporate and for people, for entrepreneurs. So that's why I really wanted to shine a light on it and talk more about this concept of slowing down to speed up. So I'd love for you to just share, like, what is your first reaction? And do you have any other personal stories that the audience might be interested in hearing um, as it pertains to that concept? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, first of all, as high achieving women, so often we really thrive in those environments like school, university or corporate careers, because it's like, oh, I can impress people. Oh, give me an A grade, like give me a promotion, you know, and like it's actually it's, it's kind of an advantage to have that drive and to want to go quickly. But I one thing I've experienced myself and I've seen with so many women that I speak to is that when we become entrepreneurs, when we start our own businesses, we can still be programmed that way. Like it's all about the hustle. It's all about putting in the hours. And, you know, we can very easily clock up like 100 hours a week and almost not notice because we're just like, this is so fun. I love this. And that I think that's kind of the nature of the issue, isn't it? Because we can be so passionate about what we're doing. And that can really drive like so much activity on our part. But then the the key thing that's different about having your own business as opposed to working in a career or being in school or university 
is actually that it, it really matters kind of what we do. It's not about the quantity of hours that we put in. And actually, we are a lot less focused. We're a lot less productive when we are putting all of these hours because we lose that ability to see things really clearly. But I think the other thing is that there, there tends to be like a pattern with burnout. And so if you've experienced it once, you can like you can go through it actually multiple times. And if you don't get self-aware enough to spot that it's coming, it can just be something that actually your business can exacerbate if you haven't noticed that tendency in yourself. Because burnout is a funny thing, isn't it? Like when it happened to me, and this is 12 years ago, but there wasn't really a word for it. And it wasn't until three years later, I was reading a book about burnout and I was like, oh, that's what happened to me. So I feel like, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Tiffany, in the last sort of five or 10 years, it's become something much more that we, we talk about, but like there hasn't always been a name for it. So I think if we haven't noticed that tendency, we can just be like, oh, you know, I just pushed myself a bit too far and I got flu a bunch of times. Um, we can sort of misunderstand what we're seeing in our own lives, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think you described it perfectly. And and there's been such a hustle culture too. And I think that is derived, first of all, from corporate, you know, you can, you're competing half the time and being a woman in corporate, that's a whole nother <laughs> story to go through. And so I think we just get used to working hard. And like you said, it's even an enjoyment. I feel like mm. I was beating myself up when I went through burnout, but it wasn't because I was pushing myself. Like I was being pushed by this external force. Like it was me pushing myself. And yeah. that's the hardest thing to realize um, when you actually enjoy the process. So I a hundred percent agree. And um, one of my earlier episodes this month, I was talking about, you know, these ideas that kind of tend to be in the air. And mm. I think like to your point now it is being talked about a lot more but there's always not a lot of strategies or it's like, just meditate every day and you'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah. Whereas um, that adds another thing to the to-do list, doesn't it? So actually we can yes. end up loading ourselves up with all these like self-care things that we now have 100%. to do and it doesn't actually make us feel any better. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit more of like how you overcame that. And again, nobody's perfect. So maybe you've gotten to the point, I know there's ebbs and flows in all of our businesses, when you had that realization, like what were some of the things that you've put in place in your business and how have you handled that personally? Well, it's really interesting, actually, because, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to grow a business, doesn't it? To get a business off the ground when you have like I, I start I don't know about you, Tiffany. I started my business with three hundred dollars of my own money. That's all I had. I had an audience of zero. I didn't really know what I wanted to do like it takes so much work to sort of get ourselves out there meet people validate the concept start making money but I had this experience probably 18 months ago where like I, I was fighting off a cold and you know those days where you're like oh I don't feel great but I just I have to do these calls and um I got to one of my calls and um two minutes before it was due to start the person I was going to have the call with it was like a connection call with someone I didn't know but she sent me a message and she said, can we reschedule? I have a terrible cold. I just really don't feel great. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. And in that moment, I was like, oh, wow. Like, we are not doing well as entrepreneurs. Like, it shouldn't be like this. Should it? We shouldn't be like forcing ourselves through. We shouldn't be like, you know, wishing that calls would get cancelled. And I think, you know, it's these little things that they can creep up on you. Mm -hmm. But basically, it, it kind of started off a process in my own business that I was like, 
it matters how I feel. Like it, it's not okay to not enjoy the work that I'm doing. It's not okay to just be like, oh, I, I hope that all my calls get cancelled today. Like, you know, we can find ourselves quite like playing the victim almost of being quite powerless. Like, oh, I hope that an external force happens to change my circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think we get to a point where we just have to step up ourselves, don't we? And be like, come on, take control of the situation. So a really pivotal thing for me actually was like doing some work on my wealth dynamics profile, which is um, a really helpful tool that I now use in my business because I've been so won over by it. But it's all about kind of working out which of the eight profiles you are. And these profiles are arranged in a square and each of them have different tendencies and like a different roadmap almost to how you can best utilize yourself and your business to make more money and to they call it putting you into flow it's like finding your best energy but it's it's a really important process and when I started to do wealth dynamics the thing that became clear straight away was like my schedule was like the opposite of what it needed to be so I'm a creator profile and it's a really common one actually for entrepreneurs because we're the big ideas people we've got more ideas than we can cope with quite frankly I'm pretty sure that's mine too it's been a while since I've I've had it but if I went and looked I'm 99% sure (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing the thing that goes hand in hand with like being a creator profile is um we have a very loose grip on timings and so we're not very good at estimating time and I still do this to myself all the time it's like oh I can do these 12 errands in two hours and it's like you know, you really can't. Hundred <laughs> percent, that is me. <laughs> and I think it's it's common for a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is why we can tend to like first of all become entrepreneurs in the first place because it's a way of working that gives us a lot of creativity, a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at my schedule and I was like, I have days where like I've got eight calls and I'm just doing stuff every hour. I like that isn't helping my creativity that's the opposite of what I need I need white space in my calendar I need to feel like I can breathe Mm -hmm. and it was so interesting because when we figured this out I I was like well that's just impossible I can't do that Um, and then within three weeks I had completely ripped up my old schedule and I had just given myself my mornings basically to just float around and like exist have ideas, do whatever I like. And I I was like, right, I'm only going to work afternoons from now on. And actually at this point, I only work usually three afternoons, sometimes four, very occasionally five, because I have certain slots in my calendar that are sort of like, if there's really no other space in the week, we can use it as a bit of an overflow. But I have really grown my business. I've, I've four or five exit in the last year at the same time as cutting my schedule in half, actually more than in half. And it's been so eye-opening because I've taught kind of work less and more for a long time in my business. It's probably been about five years. And I have, I've done similar things before, but I've never done it quite this extremely. And I've never quite had this level of result with it. So it's made me really passionate about helping my clients do this. And it is a big part of the, the work that I often do with clients because when they come to me, they've, they've done a really good job. They've, they've got like a six figure business, but they're doing it by giving out every scrap of time that they have. Mm -hmm. And so they end up in a business that they're like, please help me. I can't escape. (laughs) And so trading the time for money. (laughs) Well, exactly. Which like when, when you're, when you're new to business, you're like, Oh, I wish I had like my schedule booked up with clients, but very quickly, it becomes something which feels really oppressive, doesn't it? And you can feel very trapped in your business. So 
it's a really important thing to actually be confident to say, I just, I have to reclaim this time for myself. I, you know, when you're a coach or a consultant, we give out so much of the time, you know, we're, we're needed to show up in our best energy. We need to be creative. We need to be able to perform at all times for our clients. So actually you don't get that past a certain point unless you are also really carving out the time to give back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, so well said. So I'd love to hear then, you know, you've shared so much of what you're doing, which I absolutely love. And I'm in my own slowdown process myself, which I've talked about on other episodes now, you know, is there anything else like what maybe would be the number one tip that you share with clients or just in general, if somebody's like, oh, I, I just like kind of where you were at the beginning, like I can't even imagine redoing my schedule. Is there like one thing that you could suggest that people could do to just start going on this journey? Because I, I know if I look at myself where I was just a couple years ago, it's so easy to almost equate with how busy we are with our success, you know, like, oh, I'm so busy. That means I have a lot of clients and I'm so busy. Like you said, when you're first starting out, all you want is that busyness. And so mm-hmm. it's so ingrained. It feels really scary to let that go. Yeah. Um, so like maybe a tip. And then also, I think it's just helpful for people to hear that, like, it's okay. And you can actually grow if you slow down. Yeah. So here's the tip I have like it's a bit like a grenade that I'm gonna lob but the way that we do this is put your prices up Mm -hmm. and instead of like going for like the easiest work to get and being the cheapest option like make your service a really premium high level service because actually that is how you do it like with my clients I, I call it the four stage framework and it's it's all about starting to understand what you do for which client and where it falls on a framework with like stage four is like your highest level premium most unscalable service because you're giving your time whereas like stage one at the other end of the spectrum that's like the repeatable stuff like maybe it's an online course maybe it's like a basic level training that you actually bring in other people to do because it's not really worth your time Um, but it's starting to understand actually how are you using most of your time and the, the thing that I do with all of my six to seven figure women is like we map out their stage four offer and I say to them from now on, your, your cheapest, smallest contract that you do is $100,000. Mm-hmm. And that makes a really big difference because that's literally when you can just be like, right. So I help people get to seven figures. If you have 10 clients like that, you know, and I, I would consider that small for consultants, then you've got your million. If you can do a contract that's 250, if you can make it 500, you can do it on two to four clients. So it's not about building because sometimes I think when you're in the early stages of business or even at six figures, it can feel like, oh, my gosh, to get to seven figures, I need a thousand clients. And who's got time for that? And that's the problem. The model doesn't work because we're not actually pitching ourselves high enough. So that would be my absolute number one tip. And it's not an easy thing to do, which is why I do what I do, because it can take a lot of handholding to help women to feel confident about that. There's a million reasons we can come up with why we're not ready. People won't pay that. You know, I, I hear it all. I've said a lot of those things myself as well, but that is, that is the game. That is how it's done. That's how you can start to clear your schedule and get your time back. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's such an, it's like one of those things that it's simple, but it's not easy. Right? Yeah. So I love that. And I love the perspective. That's why I was so excited to have you on specifically for this too, because 
So oftentimes people are creating an online course and selling it for 197. And then you do, you have to try and get thousands and thousands of people on. Yeah. What if you only had to have a few or, you know, I feel like there's even room for people to have hybrid businesses like myself for the longest time. I was still had one foot in corporate serving a couple big clients and then serving entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are my people. So I really would just love to acknowledge like the beauty in that. And for people listening, yeah. if, you know, just thinking about that, what would that do for you if you had a contract for a hundred thousand dollars? Like that's amazing. So thank you for sharing that Jessica. And I guess the next thing is I always, I can't not ask about legacy. As you know, this is the legacy lounge podcast. So a few questions about this. I'd I first of all, just love, especially in the context we've been talking about, you know, we're talking about slowing down to speed up, really taking the time to find out who you are, what's your schedule going to be like, all of those types of things. What does legacy mean to you as far as your business is concerned or just your life is concerned and why, why is it so important? So I've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but like my big mission in my business is empowering women to create wealth and opportunities for themselves and the people around them. Um, And I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is just being given the opportunity to create an audience on LinkedIn, um, which is, you know, you talked about the hybrid um, thing, like it's kind of the women that I work with, they are women consultants, but they have a B2B audience. So if they listen to a lot of the entrepreneur content, it's all talking about email marketing, online business, Facebook, that doesn't really fit. Whereas if they go the other way and they talk to corporate trainers, it just, it's kind of, it's assuming that they're, they're running their own corporate entity. And a lot of them, they just feel like they don't really fit in either. So I've created this sort of middle path of this audience of women who there are some things about the entrepreneurial stuff that actually we can bring into their businesses. Mm -hmm. Like it's completely different when you're corporate facing, like, yes, I do know some people with pink hair, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't have pink hair. Um, They don't show up in their pajamas. They don't like drop the F bomb, although some corporates absolutely love that kind of stuff. So you, you really can't be prescriptive, but it's kind of, it's knowing how they can sort of steer their own path and retain that element of like corporate, um, being able to speak the right language, being able to show up and look like the person that they're expecting to work with, mm-hmm. uh, but like also have that freedom that a lot of entrepreneurs have. Um, so I, I'm just really thrilled to have been given the opportunity to create that audience and really kind of call people in. Like I do a lot of stuff um, on LinkedIn and um, I've been creating content there for you know about two years quite intensively. Um, but it's something that I'm just I'm really proud of. So yeah, I guess. Um, if that's like my legacy, then I'd be really thrilled with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea too, you know, so many people when from the, from the branding perspective, there's a lot of people doing the same things and it takes a little bit more work to do the branding process and to differentiate yourself. And so that's like, you're a really great case study too, of a unique niche, you know, where, you've really found this beautiful spot that no, not many, I'm sure there's somebody else out there doing it, but not many people are out there doing. So that's another thing that I really want the audience to think about is now, if you are in more of a saturated market, that just means you need to work a little bit more on differentiation, but I love that that is your legacy specifically. And then especially being in America and where freedom is key, but then our country seems to be going backwards sometimes lately, like that women empowerment is so, so important too. Yeah. It's a message that we, 
we really, really need for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you had uh, something, a takeaway for people if they were interested in um, going a little bit deeper with what we're talking about here today. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I, I have a free PDF report called The Six Elements of a Seven Figure Business. And um, one of the things that I have really noticed um, from my kind of career experience is that like it doesn't like if, if you do the things that it takes to get to six figures and then try and do more of them to get to seven figures, it just does not work. Like getting to, from six to seven figures is a completely different ball game. So I have created like this framework, the six elements of the seven figure business. It breaks down the six things that we need to be thinking about as we build businesses that are going to make that transition from six to seven figures. Um, and it's stuff that you just, you don't hear a lot of people talking about. Like the women in my programs, they, they have issues that like, there's, there's not always a common solution online. It's not kind of how to get your first thousand subscribers. Mm. Um, it's kind of, it's a lot of stuff to do around teams, but about capacity and like revenue planning, a lot of these things that like some entrepreneurs, they just never have those as problems because they are next level problems. So if you, um, if you want to download that, then I think we're going to put the link in the show notes, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. That will be in the show notes. And before we wrap up, that leads me to one more thing. If you're open to chatting about, because I was actually talking about this in an earlier episode as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why I felt so aligned with you as well as in the entrepreneurial world. A lot of the times people are talking about these seven figure roadmaps and it's like building this massive business um, that takes so much work and it's that hustle culture and they're looking at only revenue, not just what is bringing in. And so what I love about what you're teaching is your consultant. Now, I'm, I know you have support in your business, but it's not like you have this enormous output of expenses and all of these other things. I mean, I've been behind the scenes of a lot of businesses and there's seven multi seven figure businesses that literally are in debt. They're not actually bringing in. Yeah money home and it looks great on paper and that's what they're selling. So I don't want to get too controversial here, but I think it's really important for us to talk about. And I tend to be a truth teller and I want to dig into these. I'm such a truth topics. teller. Let's go there. Yeah. People, <laughs> don't, people aren't, some people are talking about this, but not everybody. And I think it's so important to really think about. So from your perspective, um, the assumption that I have, so that's where I wanted to get your input is that the business that you're talking about when we're talking about seven figures is actually that it's not all like expenses and bloat. It's actually building seven figures and doing it well with less time like you're talking about. Yeah. So like a rule of thumb that I think is a really good one is to aim for 55 to 60% profitability in your business. So mm -hmm. that means that, and, and, and again, this is where being really courageous with like increasing prices and working at your highest level possible it makes all of the difference because I think if you're in a situation where you're fully booked and you're not making a profit or you're like I don't know sometimes if it's only like a marginal profit I would, I would call that break even even though technically it is profitable but you're like this is not a useful amount of money for a person to live off right. so I think if, if you're working all the time and like you know, you're fully booked and you can't take on any more clients. It's just like a massive flashing sign of like your prices are not high enough because it has to like, you know, 
quite often I, I model it out with my clients and I love doing seven figure revenue plans. Mine are always super simple and super easy. Well, you know, maybe easy isn't the same as simple, but um, I don't think it should be like a really complicated thing. One of the things that like we can do is like once like a stage four option is established, you can then play around with like stages one to three and like really start to leverage your audience and, you know, get some scalable options in there. But I think people don't always realize how expensive like it can be to have a team. And it can always be, I, I do speak to women who like there's can be a temptation to overhire and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I, I find this temptation in my business too. You just think there's about 10 people I could hire at any given time because I would love this kind of Get everything off my plate. <laughs> exactly. And like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be so great to do PR and like all of these different things. But I think you have to, always be looking at like what that will do to the business because and I've said this for quite a few years actually if you grow your business but your your margins increase as well then really you can actually find that you make the same amount of money yourself like at like less than six figures as you potentially do at seven figures like the whole point of growing a business should be that actually it creates more profit because that's the bit you actually get to keep so and I don't know I I think that something I want to fight against really hard is this whole smoke and mirrors. Nothing is ever quite what it seems in the online world. I find that quite a sort of disappointing and frustrating thing at times. I don't know if that's too controversial to say. No, not at all. (laughs) I think, I think that we need to, we need to be modeling like doing business well so that it's not just like, Oh, here's like a spin on something I did once. And then that's the basis of your whole business because people do tend to like fill in the blanks with positive things quite often if you do your marketing and if you've got an impressive online presence. But I think that's, that would be my reflection too, having seen quite a lot of businesses behind the scenes, like quite often it's held together with like paper clips and sellotape behind the scenes. And like, I I think we want to have integrity in the way that we portray things in business so that we're not kind of intentionally misleading people about the fact that we are profitable when we're not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think there's a lot of shifting in the industry right now, just like there's a lot of people talking about the burnout and the slowing down to speed up on different levels. So thank you for going there with me. I just think it's so important (laughs) and I feel like it really tied in with, with what you're talking about because Uh, I've just seen it too many times. And so I want to make sure that people listening to this podcast are getting information from integrity and like an information in a great way rather than the smoke and mirrors. So, so to wrap up today, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know the audience is going to get so much value. Where can people connect with you um, if they want to start engaging with you or learning more? Um, so come and find me over on LinkedIn. Um, if you just type in Jessica Fernley, um, you will find me. Um, so yeah, absolutely connect with me. I love talking to people over on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website, which is jessicafernley.com. Um, so yeah, that, that's where you can find me. All right. Thanks again, Jessica. It's so great to have this discussion. I hope that is inspiring to all of you listeners to really think about how you can slow down to speed up and hearing how Jessica's doing it in her own business and how you can potentially um, create a really big income from consulting if you're not already. So remember, if you're not consciously building a legacy, you're simply building a brand unconsciously. 
I really hope this time with Jessica inspires you to take action, even if it's just moving the needle 1% towards the direction of your legacy, because if we all focus on making an impact together, the ripple effect we have will truly make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. And I have a special surprise for you as we wrap up today's episode. I've been hearing from quite a few people that they're feeling a level of doubt and worry setting in due to the uncertainty in the world. Well, I hate to break it, but it's been a bit uncertain for quite a while now. And what I do know is I've been able to double my business for the past three years, every year. And many of my clients have done the same and truly outperformed anything they thought possible. So I felt called to create a resource to explain how you can turn uncertainty into opportunity. I share the six shifts that entrepreneurs need to make now to thrive, not just survive in the new normal. It's a free value-packed report that I poured my heart into because I'm committed to supporting as many business owners as possible to have the brand and business they've always dreamed of. So go ahead and pop down to the show notes, simply click on the link and you can download the report to learn these simple shifts that will support you on your journey and provide more success right away. Thank you for joining me on the Legacy Lounge and we'll see you next time. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Lounge podcast. Connect with me on Instagram at Tiffany Newman Creative. I would also love to hear your feedback to see what resonates with you and what you'd like to hear in the future. If you love this episode, please provide a review and we will be forever grateful. You can always find links and resources shared on the show by going to yourlegacybrand.com. Remember, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. What are you doing today to pour into others and to leave your legacy?